0: You're locked into the Dispirito Team Real Estate Show with host and top realtor Emilio Dispirito on News Radio 920 and 104.7 FM. We're talking with industry leaders about real estate trends, money-making tips, and advice on buying and selling the American dream. Now, here's Emilio Dispirito. Hey, good morning! Thanks for tuning in today. I am super excited to be here with you. This is your show, all about real estate. Here in Rhode Island, Massachusetts, Connecticut, nationally and internationally. And the show is powered by Engel and Volkers, a global. Uh, community here in real estate, helping folks buy and sell across the world. 401 217 2333, our off air number. We can help you out anywhere in the globe. 401 217 2333. So, our next guest on the show is an Amazon number one best selling author for his book, Money in the Streets, a frequent media resource, world renowned for his expertise in mortgage and housing. You'll know him from his long tenure with monthly appearances on stations like C. NBC and Fox. Barry Habib is the CEO of MBS Highway, a company and platform created to help mortgage professionals and real estate agents articulate the opportunity in the housing market for their clients, along with a better understanding of the interest rate environment. You know, Barry Habib was just named the top real estate forecaster by Zillow and Pulsonomics and has been presented with the crystal ball award in not only 2017, but 2019 and 2020 for being the most accurate of real estate forecasters out of over 150 of the top economists here in the U.S. In 2019, Mortgage Professional of the Year by National Mortgage Professionals so, uh, Magazine. In 2019, also finalist for the prestigious Ernest Young Entrepreneur of the Year and the St. Armand Ventures Businessman of the Year Award for 2021, along with several others. When he is not in the office, you can find Barry, in the theater as lead producer and managing partner for rock of ages. It's a Broadway hit musical theatrical production, which you may know was also released as a major film featuring stars like Tom Cruise. And the next time you watch it, pay special attention to the record producer in the movie. That's our very own friend, Barry Habib. Wow. Barry, what an intense resume. I don't know how you find all the time. Thanks for being here with us. It's nice to be with you always buddy. Thank you, I appreciate you being here. And you know, over the recent past Barry, walking into your local hardware store, walking into your lumber yard, grocery store, even gas stations, it tells a promising tale of inflation. And this is a very, uh, you know, it's a very important topic to us in the housing market, to you in the financial markets, and to the economy as an overall. And I don't know anybody else that's more qualified than uh, you to talk about the housing market interest rates and the impact that something like inflation can have on our overall in- economy. So again, thanks for being here. Oh, I appreciate
1: it. I appreciate it. Yeah, inflation is certainly uh, something that we're hearing. We're hearing that, you know, is the housing market in trouble now? Are we headed for an interest rate environment that's higher? What's the Fed going to do? We're going to certainly mm-hmm. Find that out very shortly for the short term, but then their August meeting in Jackson Hole could be very telling.
0: Absolutely. And so, Barry, a couple questions that I've prepared for this today, um, and one of them would be: uh, Does inflation have any impact on mortgage rates?
1: It's the main. It's under normal circumstances the main driver of mortgage rates, and okay. something that's uh, we all should know, but very very few people do. So let's understand something that very few people don't understand interest rates have to be driven by inflation as the predominant factor really interest rates are based on two things one will i get my money back the riskier that is the more i'm going to charge you okay so that's mm-hmm. credit quality but today mortgages very safe investment housing market's healthy credit quality is great underwriting standards have have really tightened up from where we were 13 14 years ago so it's a different environment and The risk of will I get repaid is mitigated to quite some extent. So what's the big driving factor is inflation. So why? So imagine if you gave me a mortgage and I'm paying you a monthly payment every month for the next 30 years of $2,000 a month for principal and interest. Well, you take that money today and you go and buy a shopping list of goods and services. Oh, next month you get your check, you get the exact same list. Next month, maybe you get the same list. But over time, you start to notice something. You say, wait wait a minute, I can't get everything on this list anymore. Why? Because inflation gently causes the prices to rise, meaning that what's really happening is that payment you get from me, even though it says the same amount, $2,000, doesn't feel like what it used to feel like. Mm-hmm. It doesn't buy as much as it used to. It is literally eroding over time. And that erosion over time is something that, most of the time lenders can live with, it's called the real interest rate they get. So the real interest rate they get is the rate they're getting minus the rate of inflation. And that's what they're really getting. That's their real interest rate. Mm-hmm. So under normal circumstances, that's fine. But as inflation rises and erodes, the buying power that you have more rapidly you can't do anything about the loans you've given in the past, but on loans you're about to issue in the future, You're going to think to yourself, wait a minute, I need a higher rate of return to give me a real rate of return, a real interest rate that's higher. Because if I'm still here at this rate and inflation moves up, the real interest rate that I'm getting is worse and worse and worse because of more rapid erosion. So I've got to get a little bit of a higher cushion to offset that more rapid erosion. And that's what when inflation goes up, interest rates have to go up to keep your real rate of return more consistent under normal circumstances is how I qualified that. But the Fed's out there buying an enormous amount of mortgage-backed securities and treasuries. And this is really known as, it's been been very clandestine, is yield curve control. Mm -hmm. And the Fed went for a period of being really transparent to being just outright liars. And now the Fed, we call the Fed out because the Fed said that they're going to buy $40 billion a month in mortgages, $80 billion a month in treasuries. And that's what they claim. Mm -hmm. Until if you look deep and you have to dig on the NewYorkFed.org, And you do the math on it, and they're really buying almost triple that. Wow! They're just not telling us. We were very vocal, especially in the media, and talked about this. And the Fed's response is instead of being honest, instead of being transparent, instead of being clear, they decided to remove all the data from the NewYorkFed.org website. So now you really can't find out. But they did one change, and it's subtle. And only if you were looking for it did you find it in their statement instead of saying, we will buy $120 billion a month. It's changed to, we will buy at least the two words that they added to cover their butt for lying about this whole process. So what's going on here is if the Fed weren't buying, then interest rates would be a lot higher because there's no way you can have a rate of inflation on the CPI, the consumer price index, the core rate of inflation, mm-hmm. which strips out food and energy, it's 3.8%. How could you have a mortgage rate that's 3% when inflation is 3.8? You can't have that. That's sense. a losing proposition no matter what. So it, mortgage rates should be closer to 45 or 5% realistically if the Fed weren't buying. Now, the Fed's not going to abandon this purchase completely, but we have to listen to what they're going to say in August. Because there's a growing drumbeat amongst people that are very concerned that the Fed is letting the economy run too hot and they're doing this experiment. Remember, most of the members on the Fed never had so much as a newspaper route or a lemonade stand. They have no understanding of how the economy works. They have, their, their forecasts have always been abysmal because they just don't get it. They're academics living in an ivory tower in a world of make-believe and theory, instead of really understanding what goes on in, in real life. They don't, they don't understand real life. So when we, when we try to anticipate what the Fed's going to do, we have to also interpret that. Now, in August, the 26, 27th, 28th, there's a meeting in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. That's an annual meeting. Every year at this meeting, it is we have a precedent set in the past where this is the platform that if there's gonna be a policy change. So my feeling is if they're going to announce a taper, what's a taper mean? So instead of buying this enormous amount of mortgage-backed securities and treasuries every month, they will start to slow down their purchases. This is what they did in 2013. Slow down, or it's known as a taper. So, we'll be looking for that word taper. Their mm. purchases, if they do that, maybe they announce it at the end of August, but they might give a target date when they might begin that. It's mm. going to allow the economy to run pretty hot, it's going to allow interest rates to stay low until they start to curtail it. And then, my estimation is they'll start to do it in a gentle way. But what it's pointing to is it's pointing to a market that might start to behave a little more naturally. Um, in the future, if inflation continues to run, but then do you let the inflation genie run out of the bottle? Uh, You also heard besides taper, the other word you're hearing all over is transitory. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. Will the inflation that we're seeing stick? Or will it revert back to a more normal rate of inflation that we've been accustomed to that's somewhere under 2%, less than half of what you're seeing right now? There's a lot of debate over this because One side says, yeah, it's transitory. And I could get that because we broke down the numbers. So Emilio, if you break down the numbers of some of these hot areas, they're coming from sporting event tickets, Mm -hmm. airline tickets, uh, hotels. This is all going from what we weren't open with no capacity. Now people are vaccinated. So the capacity is up. So we're raising prices, right? Okay. I get that. Another part of this is the shortage of semiconductors, which is causing used car prices to go up thirty percent year over year, Absolutely. and computers to go up seven percent year over year, because the, you know everything runs off of the the, the, the semiconductors that go on to the s- silicon chips that cause your computers to be able to do it their calculations. Mm-hmm. This is and, and everything runs this way today. All cars do. All you know your your refrigerator probably does too these days. It's all of this is done by microprocessors, which require the semiconductors. And as we understand this, you know, the world is really intertwined because most of the stuff comes from Taiwan. There's back orders. We are not in a position to get ramped up quickly. And then the other aspect of inflation that could be transitory is the fact, look, have you tried to go for an Uber ride lately? What are you finding? It's taking a very long time to get a driver and the rates are much more expensive. But that's just one example. It's that way all over restaurants they can't get help why because people receiving benefits and there are 15 million of them are not incented to go back to work i don't blame these people yeah
0: but Los emilio denies that they're not
1: going back to work because they're getting paid 40 percent of them are getting paid more than if they were working
0: why would they there's no incentive uh, well, there
1: well because most of most people don't think longer term what's happening yep. is their skills are deteriorating hmm You think Amazon's going to wait for this? No. Amazon's already exploring robotics and artificial intelligence. So these positions will eventually be eliminated. Yep. And that's why it's so important for people to understand bigger picture, but most people don't. Now there is another real reason why people have an issue with this. And that's because the schools aren't fully open yet. Yeah, And when the school's, aren't open or daycare is not open. Well, I want to go to work, but why, you know, children or a child, that's not as easy to, to, to find a place to safely put my child. So I get that, but that's not the whole picture. The majority of this is that people are just not incented to go to work. Hey, look, people's jobs are hard. Plus you got travel, plus you got expenses to make less money than if I'm sitting at home. It's a bit more enticing to do so. So this is the, this is the disgusting nature of, of you know, government's inability to kind of understand. I get it for humanitarian purposes, you want to do stuff, but they don't understand. Like Everybody in government should be given a Rubik's Cube to understand that if you turn one thing one way, it's not that everything else stays the same. It has effects which could be detrimental. That's why you always hear this, this problem with government programs is what you unintended consequences. Well, how about instead of just hanging it up on that how about trying to think it through and think about what might happen so look in september we're going to start to see some of these programs go away i mean and and look the real poster child for this is you got 9.3 million job openings that's the most we've ever seen so if you if you have high unemployment which we do Mm -hmm. if you have people that are you know out of work that don't have the incentive they'd all be having jobs hopefully if you got 9.3 million openings and 8 million unemployed you, know, you should get the vast of those people back to finding something right there's not always going to be fixed but fits but you certainly wouldn't have as high an unemployment rate
0: now let me, let me ask ask you a question Barry uh, here's the thing right is I know for some time they've been pushing uh the 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 um They've been pushing the uh, minimum wage up. They've been working to push that up to $15 per hour federal. Do you feel with the lack of people going into work that this is going to be a real good push for them to to try to throw this on the American people and the American business owners to push for this? Like, hey, we'll get people back into work, but they kind of use it as a negotiating factor to kind of get people to buy into that crazy uh, wage.
1: So I don't think that it's look, I understand it. But again, Rubik's Cube again, okay? Exactly. The the government loves straw man arguments. Oh, we got to give people first-time homebuyers a break. We got to do this. We got to do that. We got to give people more, more. Okay, but if they had a Rubik's Cube and they understand, well, that sounds great as a straw man argument. Who can argue with that until you start to go? And if you the government doesn't do this they're all bad chess players they can't think more than right here okay Mm -hmm. or maybe they're just geared that way because all they want to do is buy votes and they really don't care so they might be very smart and under the guise of putting something out there that sounds good they get to push what they want to do under the behind the scenes which is really bad but keeps them in power Mm -hmm. so when we look at what the government is saying here is they're saying we want 15 dollars an hour but what about what about somebody who's been there four years and now they're making $15 or $16 an hour. Now you're going to come in, you're going to make the same as me. And I spent four years kicking, you know, kicking okay. butt here, trying to do my best. And I've got to train you so you can make as much money as i you know, as I'm making now. So that employer not only has to do what's right, if they're smart to keep harmony by not just the new person, but people that are there bumping them up, it becomes a cost that they have no choice. But to pass on to the consumer, that same consumer that might be making an extra two dollars an hour is spending more than that in the additional costs that are out there. Bingo! This is is what is absolutely insane about government thinking. It is Mm -hmm. so, it it is so terribly thought out. It's so bad. By the way, I, I want people to make more, but maybe the answer is let's get them having the opportunity for better skills so they can become advanced uh, I, I don't think that people want to pay some, look the fair market value is if you're in business you should try to save as much money on cost of employment because that's what you should be doing that's just smart business yes and as an employee you should be trying to create as much value so the company's willing to pay you more because if they don't pay you more somebody else will and that's what makes a fair and balanced market that's what mm-hmm. is supposed to happen But when you start to tinker with the natural laws of economics and you make a fake economy, there are gonna be very bad unintended consequences that occur.
0: You know what, and that, that's absolutely a, a great way to segment way into our next segment. Give us uh, two seconds. Stay tuned. We're going to be right back here with Barry Habib, the CEO of MBS Highway and the best-selling Amazon, number one best-selling Amazon book author of Money in the Streets. Stay tuned. We're going to be right back here on the Desperado Team Real Estate Show on iHeartRadio. Now, back to the Despirito Team Real Estate Show on News Radio 920 and 1047 FM, also available as a podcast on iHeartRadio. All right. Thanks for joining us again today. I'm really excited for our guest here. You can see him all the time on NBC, uh, CNBC, on Fox. He's an Amazon number one bestselling author and very well known in the mortgage and real estate industries, and uh, ranked in 2017, 2019, and 2020. As the most accurate real estate forecaster out of 150 of the top economists here in the United States, it's the one and only Barry Habib, CEO of MBS Highway. Barry, welcome back to uh, the show. Thank you, Emilio. You're welcome. Hey, earlier on in the show, if you missed what we were talking about, you can check it out at facebook.com backslash Disparito team. That'll be posted up later today. And you can also check it out on iHeartRadio and SoundCloud. Um, and we we're talking basically about inflation, how it's affecting things. And Barry brought up some really great points. You're going to want to rewind and, and check that out. So Barry, one of the things um, that we were talking about was how and I don't. I kind of want to get back on topic to 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 mortgage rates and whatnot. But I found your information super useful because everything affects everything else, like the Rubik's the Rubik's cube, right? When you turn something, something else is going to change. And a lot of times, um, you know, the government entities that are behind these changes don't understand the cause and effect of all of those items. And one of those things that you said, I just want to get our our listeners caught back up if they're joining us now, was you know the the uh, the basically. Um, the minimum wage jumping up to, to $15 per hour and the causes and effects of that and how the, 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 the lower income jobs are going to then potentially be replaced and costs are only going to increase for everybody, uh, basically to put what we discussed in a nutshell. Would you agree?
1: More incentive to use artificial intelligence and robotics, because then it becomes more cost effective, Mm -hmm. Um, less incentive to hire people because you simply can't afford it. So you deal with less people because so that same person that you're saying I want to do good for, you're actually precluding them from working. And then you're going to take the workers who are there that killed themselves for the past few years. Nobody thinks about them that finally have worked their way up to this. Now, a new person will be making more than they were just making or the same as they're making. And yet, oh, wait a minute, I got to train this person who's coming in, making more than me. That doesn't make for a happy workforce. It doesn't make for people who are going to be feeling good about what they're doing. It makes for a worse customer experience. But then if you are the employer, okay, well now in order to make them happy, I've got to not just pay the new person $15 an hour who's unskilled, untrained, and not in a position to know what they're supposed to be doing. But the people that have been there, they all need to up the line, get bumped up. So I've got to either start making other cuts, make quality worse, uh trims workforce because i just can't afford that and i don't think people think about this the natural laws of the economy say that look if you've created value because you've done something the value maybe you've gotten training before you've done something before and now you put you're going to be paid more yeah Uh, whatever industry you're in the better producers the better performers they get paid more as they should and as they should the more, steal,
0: the more value you bring to the table, the more you get paid. End of story.
1: <laughs> End of story is correct. And, you know, listen, uh, I grew up extraordinarily poor. It's all Likewise. in my book, unbelievably poor. You know, I, I worked at a butcher store. I was a delivery boy. I ran deliveries for a bakery. I, I, you know, I did the very best I could. But in every single circumstance, whatever it was, the more value I created, the more money I was able to make because then the fear of losing me to somewhere else or replacing me gave the value that I deserved to me. So while I worked my way up the ranks and I, and I did so over time, I earned those increases because of the value I created.
0: Absolutely, and listen. If you're if you're tuning in, I strongly suggest you to uh, follow Barry Habib on social media. You can go ahead and follow him. Uh, go ahead to Facebook and type in MBS Highway. You should follow him there, especially in, if you're in the financial markets as well. Um, and we're going to get more into that in a couple minutes. But Barry, I, I've got some questions, particularly about uh, you know aside from inflation, about inventory, right? And inventory looks to be rising due to seasonality here in Rhode Island and several other markets throughout. The country, Um, but do you feel that that trend is going to continue for so long? Inventory has been so low, and demographics, of course, play a key role into this. But do you find that inventory is going to increase over time, or no, not
1: not 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 in a meaningful way? Inventory is the the you know imagine you're you're you know uh, descending off of a cliff, and that's what it's been like the past few years for inventory, and then you get like a little like this much of a, it's not inventory rising. Okay, that's maybe it's called stabilization. It, it really isn't rising, it's just stop the dramatic descent. Mm-hmm. Uh, now it may drop from here. The fact of it is it's very difficult to get inventory at a meaningful level. And I also feel that the demand equation will increase because you go, here's where demand and supply comes from. Demand comes from households being formed that purchase a home, that's your demand. Okay. Uh, typically comes from people whose median age is 33 years old. Mm-hmm. So they leave mommy and daddy and they need their own address and turn on the electric in their name. That removes a dwelling from the existing inventory. That removes inventory. What puts it back? A builder putting up a home. Sure. And when you think about the amount of households being formed versus the amount of construction that's being delivered. There's an imbalance where there's more demand and supply. So my feeling is that to some degree, well, it's not going to go in a straight line down. You see a little blip up. That's just part of a normal, the trend is still lower. I don't, I would not be surprised if we see inventories actually decrease, they could move up, but not in a meaningful way, not to where we'd be meeting the level of demand. We probably need an extra half a million more homes to be delivered. And that's just not happening. And Emilio, here's the thing too. Is let's let's. We always want to look to the future, that's what's helped us forecast. Always when we look at births from 32 years ago, 31 years ago, 30 years ago, 29 years ago, which will be your first time home buyers for next year, the year after, the year after, and the year after. Those people will come of age to buy a home. There was an enormous increase in the level of births, mm-hmm. so those people were born, they're coming, mm-hmm. okay, and if. If you think they're going to live with mommy and daddy for the rest of their life till they're, you know, like the 40 year old virgin living with mom and dad or whatever, (laughs) if you think that's the case, then maybe they won't take inventory. But if you believe that the trend will continue, that those people will want to eventually move out and get their own place, then my feeling is, is that they will continue to create a demand on inventory that will probably outstrip the supply.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. Now, obviously, lumber prices have been going through the roof. You go in Home Depot and everybody was commenting on Facebook and other areas, Barry, about how plywood is ninety nine dollars a sheet, you know, up from what was it, twenty eight dollars a sheet. And what I've noticed, though, is if you check out the latest article by Bloomberg uh, last Friday, the past uh, two Fridays ago, I'm sorry, they released an article that said there was a 5.5% drop this past Friday, okay? So I guess it went down from $1,600 per uh, one hundredth, 1,000th of a, a, a foot. And they they anticipate that to go all the way back down to say $500 for that same amount of wood in the near future. Do you, do you think that that obviously well, is gonna well, happen? Any-
1: so it's gone from 1,600 to just under 1,000 right now.
0: Yeah, just right under a thousand. Just
1: under a thousand right now. I think it's nine ninety eight. So sixteen eleven to nine something in those ranges. Okay, I might might be off by a little bit, but so we've seen an enormous decline. But as you mentioned, one hundred percent correctly, is this is still three times where we were a couple of years ago, right? So uh, lumber prices have definitely increased quite a bit. uh, To one point, costing the average home an extra thirty six thousand dollars in cost. Now it's probably closer to an extra twenty to twenty five thousand dollars in cost. That's not insignificant at any level but it's very very meaningful on the lower end and that's where the first time home buyers are looking to buy now the government in its infinite wisdom right so stupid what they want to do is what i don't know what the motivation is is the motivation that i just need to buy votes is the motivation that you know i'm throwing all logic out to the wind if they were to understand the problem if somebody would speak up and say excuse me the problem is not that you have a shortage of buyers the problem with the housing market today is you have too many buyers not enough inventory, but no. How do they address the problem? Let's come up with every product. Another, remember we talked about the straw man argument. Who could argue with, oh, I wanna help people with government service. I wanna help first time home buyers. I wanna help underserved. It sounds beautiful. Oh, write a poem about it, right? this is beautiful stuff. Get the violins out, all nine yards. So when, when they say that, everybody's like, oh, it's beautiful, it's great. But they're hurting those people more than helping them why because if you now have an influx of people who probably would have purchased a home in the next year or two you're taking that future demand and you're not changing it you're just crunching it forward so that now you create it's like the meme stocks why did they skyrocket because of a short squeeze right Mm -hmm. it was the apes on reddit all getting together and saying let's in a uniform act pushing this together well the government is acting like Reddit now. And what they're doing is they're making it like Wall Street bets. Let's take everybody, make them come with a rush of home buying. What do you think that's going to do with the inventory levels where they are? What do you even think? Uh, home prices are going to skyrocket. Absolutely. Skyrocket. Home values will increase dramatically to an even more pressed level than they are right now. You might think that they're a little overextended now. Just wait. So when home prices rise another 15%, let's just say it's a $300,000 home, $300,000 home, 15% of that did you be overpaying by $45,000. How much did you get for your government benefit? 15. So congratulations. We pushed you into a home that maybe you can or can't afford. We did it sooner than you wanted to do it. And we cost you $30,000 because now you'll own a home that you overpaid for that won't have come back to that value you'll be losing money for the next several years until that home maybe comes back to the value within a couple of years or not so this is stupid and by the way what's the most disgusting aspect of this is we have empirical evidence that this doesn't work it wasn't from it wasn't from you know 100 BC okay this yeah. was just 10 11 years ago yeah when we tried this exact same thing and it was a disaster. It artificially drove prices up, and then people got purchased here, got left holding the bag, and they were upside down in 2000. It was a disaster. And yet we want to do it again. So, when I you know, obviously, you can tell I'm a bit passionate about that because it's frustrating Likewise. to a logical mind. Yeah. It is so frustrating on how absolutely stupid or maybe ingenious, deviously ingenious they could be. That's because, what it is. You, you know, let's, if they're really smart, which they probably say, look, screw everything who cares about it if we could buy votes to stay in power in a year that we might lose some normally congressionally which is a normal turnover from the party in power how do we circumvent that let's mm. create something that buys some votes and and, and sadly said and i'm not going to be political here and say that's what well, you know I'm, uh, both sides can be guilty of this okay this is something that is just it's wrong with where we are right now and people need to hear this so they can try to at least put an end to this bad type of boom bust psychology.
0: Have you ever read the book, Creature on Jekyll's Island?
1: Yeah, of course, about the Fed and the history of the Fed and the clandestine nature of the Fed. And listen, it's so crazy. Janet Yellen, she's awful woman. She's, she's right now she's 100% political but she's always been that way. Um, even when she was Fed chair. Now as the treasury secretary, she can be political because her job is to sell the agenda, whether it's truth fiction right wrong good bad doesn't matter she's selling it she's a missionary right now okay but when she was fed chair she acted as if she was a missionary but she had a responsibility and it's disgusting to hear this woman talk about the fact that there's inequality in this and there's there's a wealth gap and this when she created it
0: exactly
1: she created it ben bernanke created it. remember the words that they used to use they said we have to create, the, they said it, not me, they said it, wealth effect, wealth effect. Well, what's wealth effect mean? Means that here's what they decided to do. Let's punish everybody who wants to save money. Let's give them no alternative. Let's make it so that they lose money if they like act like a responsible human being and wanna put money in the bank. Let's take away any odds of, of having a retirement based upon interest income. Let's steal from all these people that have worked all their life to try and build a nest egg. Let's steal from them. Why? Because we want to boost the economy. And what we're going to do is give people no place to put their money except the stock market. Mm -hmm. Let's bring them to the casino, put them at the roulette wheel, and let's tell them we're going to rig the system so it's going to go up. And sure enough, they did. And they figured that by asset prices rising, stocks, homes, that people will feel wealthier and spend more money. And it does work to some degree with diminishing returns. Of course. The problem is, is... We don't have 100% home ownership and we don't have 100% participation in the stock market. So those who already had did this. Those that hadn't.
0: Just widened the gap. It just widened the gap.
1: Yellen creates it and then she chastises it for being there.
0: Well, that, but that's the problem is people, they don't see this. They don't hear it unless we're telling them about it. One other quick topic on this, which is relevant today, is I know that the current uh, administration in Washington is looking to get rid of uh, t- um, 1031 exchanges. They're also looking to get rid of, um, um, uh, you know, when you sell a house, you only, you, you, you can avoid capital gains. What is that? 500000 uh, if you're you married, of-
1: two fifty if you're single on the gain.
0: Uh, Okay. All right. What's the, what's the term for that step-up basis?
1: No, that's, that's, that's your capital gain exclusion on
0: real estate. Okay. All right. Capital gain exclusion. So we're looking to get rid of that and several other things that are absolutely vital for the real estate market and for, for domestic investment in real estate. When you take people's ability to uh, save on taxes and when you take that money from them, they're not going to spend it here. They're going to diverse and get out of the country and spend it in other countries. Awful. That's awful. That is
1: well. I, I agree that this is again not well conceived because you know people have made a lot of money in real estate, and you know that we need some inventory, not even just for the fact of adding inventory. When somebody does sell a home, that doesn't add to inventory, but it creates more opportunity and some activity. It does alleviate just because of the transactions, some activity because people then tend to move up and leave their homes on the lower end for those people on the lower end to purchase so it it, it has a benefit to see this activity the problem is is if you're saying to me now that if i leave this house i'm gonna have a huge tax bill Mm -hmm. maybe i stay and that means there's less inventory for somebody else to buy so and that first time home buyer is who they're preaching to saying oh we're gonna do good by you but then we're not gonna do, we're gonna create policies that hurt you and make it cost much more than the benefit yeah. that you'd, you'd get. This is what I mean by it's just ill conceived. It doesn't seem like anybody out there is really either thinking this through or the people that are out there have thought it through. And regardless of what the negative circumstances that arise are, the lure and the enticement of buying votes and ensuring power outweighs the greater good.
0: Barry, that's why I appreciate you. You're always looking to educate people on this. They really need to pay attention. It's super important, not only for today, but for future generations. And it's obvious that you're an expert in the field. Uh, Very well regarded. I follow you on Fox, on CNBC. I've ordered your books on Amazon, Barry. And there are a lot of people who can benefit from the information that you share. Can you briefly explain before we cut the segment um, how it would benefit anyone in the financial world to subscribe to your consulting service at MBS Highway.
1: So for MBS Highway, I mean, what we really do is if you're a mortgage professional, it's, it must have. I mean, it's ridiculous not to have it. If you don't want to know what the market's doing, you want to be like the walking dead out there and have no tools, <laughs> then you know, uh, good luck to you. I'm not saying you won't be successful, but if you go up against somebody who has the tools that we have, you're going to be at a disadvantage. And yeah. why give yourself a handicap? I mean, what, why not why not be the best version of yourself you could be? Mm-hmm. If you're in real estate, these are tools you need to be having access to. This is a, a tough market right now. It used to be you'd give a realtor a lead and say, here you go. Here's a here's a potential buyer. They say, oh, thank you. Today, it's like, what the frick am I going to do with this? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you need to be really sharp and on your game to help. Look, I've always believed this. You want to have exponential growth alleviate points of friction. that's how I've done it my entire career whether it's been in, in medical, in, in theater, in the mortgage industry, in a business that helps people. so all of these alleviations of points of, of friction will give you exponential growth and who doesn't want that in your relationship in your life, in your business you you, you want to experience exponential as opposed to linear growth. you know if I, if I took 20 if I took 30 linear steps I'd go from one side of my office to the other. If I take 30 exponential steps, I can go around the world 10 times. It's a very big difference. And this is what individuals have to understand. Do not go into linear growth mode consistently. You right. have to be able to experience exponential growth. So people can reach me. Obviously, I'm easy to find. You can Google me. Uh, my, my Instagram's is uh, Barry MBS. And you can reach me on Facebook or LinkedIn. It's I'm easy to find.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Great stuff. Appreciate.
1: And by the way, Emilio, uh, uh, Money in the Streets, it will help you. regard You don't have to be a mortgage or real estate. It, it will help. That book will help you understand how to identify opportunities, how to get through tough times, which you all do, and how to maximize the good times just with, with a lot of, of real good life lessons.
0: Five-star reviews on there on, on Amazon. I saw it. I ordered it, and I'm going to send it to your office. I'd love an autographed copy. Barry. Got it. All right. Awesome. Hey guys, make sure to pick up the book Money in the Streets on Amazon from uh, our very own friend, Barry Habib, CEO of MBS Highway. And uh, what a fantastic guest. Barry, again, thank you so much for being here on the Dispirito Team Show, powered by Engel and Fulker. Stay tuned. We're going to be right back here on Radio 920, 104.7 FM, streaming on iHeartRadio, WHJJ. Now back to the Dispirito team real estate show on News Radio 920 and 1047 FM. Also available as a podcast on iHeartRadio. All righty, on the show with us we've got Jennifer Jaber with riblogger.com talking about the top 5 events here in Rhode Island. And it is Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all you fantastic fathers out there. Appreciate you very much. I appreciate my dad, Emilio III. Happy Father's Day to you. Jennifer, welcome back to the show.
2: Thank you for having me. Happy Father's Day to you.
0: Thank you so much. Appreciate that.
2: So yes, it's it's, um, exciting because lots of my favorite outdoor weekly events are happening again this summer season. Uh, so I believe we're like two or three days away from the actual start of summer, which is exciting. Um, starting Thursday, June twenty fourth, the annual Wakefield River Fire series begins. It's Thursday nights until August nineteenth, so you have plenty of time to get there. And it starts at six pm, and then it goes into the into the night. Local shops are open, the restaurants are open, there's street vendors, um, and the River Fire. It starts at 6 p.m. along with live music right along the river and then um, usually music and cabaret from the Contemporary Theater as well. So um, it's a great night out if you'd like to you know, check out downtown Wakefield and um, the main street there.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Sunday, June 27th is the Artisan and Farmer's Market with live music from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Um, at 15 Tenor Avenue, Newport. The market features live music, local artisans, vendors, food shopping and much more so again if you just you know want to get back out and all of our local vendors have spent a lot of time not being able to set up and get out there so it's great for us to be able to support them Thursday June 24th art on tap um, at the Troop to Deck at the Waterfire Arts Center select Thursdays which we have the list of Thursdays there it's not every Thursday Um, throughout the summer from 5 to 8 p.m. The Waterfire Art Center stays open late and you can experience the current exhibits at at sunset and also head to Troop top deck um, starting at 5 p.m. for beer and wine or non-alcoholic beverages. Um, It's rain or shine, and if it rains, they just move it inside. So um, it's a great way to support our local artists and uh, get out. Thursday, June 24th and the 25th, 26th, and 27th is the Festival Ballet Providence Summer Series. Um, It'll be two running performances. One is Emergence. And the other is Goldilocks and the Three, beer, three Bears. I was going to say Three Bears. Mm-hmm. Uh, emergence, emergence will delight audience um, with a wide range of works, while Goldilocks and the Three Bears is obviously perfect to delight all ages. Best uh, LA is located at 825 Hope Street, so definitely you can get there on the 24th, 25th, 26th, or 27th. Um, and last but not least, the Friday Night Fleas will take place at the Farm Fresh Market Hall in Providence, on the fourth Friday of every month from five to nine and indoors and outdoors. And there'll be vintage items, artisans, makers, cocktails, food trucks, and live music. So again, um, you know, those vendors are coming back out. So it's great to be able to see that.
0: Absolutely. Awesome stuff, Jennifer. And they can find that out. uh, I mean, they can look at and check out all the events on riblogger.com. Right. Yes. Right. Of course. And uh, by the way, you can also add your own events there too. So check it out and don't forget to check the business directory and ask Jennifer how you can promote your business to tens of thousands of viewers uh, weekly on riblogger.com. Jennifer, thanks so much for being here with us today. We appreciate you.
2: Thank you. Have a great week and happy Father's Day.
0: You're welcome. Thank you. What a great show today. I'd like to thank our very special guest, Barry Habib of MBS Highway. He's the CEO of MBS Highway and also the number one Amazon best-selling book author for Money in the Streets. Pick that book up if you're interested in learning about, you know, uh, the, the mortgage market, the housing market, the economy. He goes into quite a bit in that book. This guy has been featured on CNBC, Fox and uh, the Crystal Ball Award winner in 2017, 2019, 2020 for the most accurate real estate forecast. So if you missed that segment, you're going to want to check it out on Spirito Team um, on uh, facebook.com backslash Team. Check that out. Uh, and I'd also like to thank Jennifer Jaber with riblogger.com for coming on and sharing our top five events with us. Jack, our producer here at the station at iHeartRadio for uh, putting the show together, making it sound as good as it is. And most importantly, you, our listeners for uh, keeping this show on air now for six plus years and our audience growing strong. We appreciate you. Anything we could do, contact us 401-217-2333. Again, 401-217-2333. We appreciate you very much. Until next week, God bless you. Stay cool out there. Happy Father's Day.